Welcome to Cellmates. Thanks. Wait, do you want to do the opening? You already did it. Welcome to Cellmates. <laughs> we are a podcast. I'm uh, Dick Ward. Hosted by Dick Ward yep. and myself, Kate Phillips. That's right. Where we talk about uh, two animated movies, mm-hmm. an episode. We compare, contrast, and generally... Throw them into a Venn diagram mm-hmm. and see what shakes out. Yeah. Often these movies are Disney. But not always. Often these movies are musicals. But not always. Often these movies are good. But not always. Mm. And today we've got a neat mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we start. Yeah. I just want to give a quick uh, quick uh, heads up. Uh, sort of a content warning, I guess. I, yeah. Uh, a, little, a little disclaimer, I think. Yeah. More than we're, anything else. Like, one... Um, I don't know if you've noticed, dear listener, but the world is interesting outside. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Black Lives Matter. I, like I'll say that up Just, front. Yeah, that, we, we believe that. That's not. That's We're, not a content warning. That if that's controversial to you, then, uh, then we, you don't need to listen to this stop podcast. Listening. Thanks. At any episode of this podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, racial representation. We're going to be talking about uh, the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to be talking about um, some some problematic uh, stuff in movies. Is that a fair way of... Yeah, and representation of racism in movies. And uh, we are both uh, very much white. We are. Uh, so we're going to do our best. We might get some things wrong. We're, we're white and we care a lot, but we're, we're still white. So uh, we're going to do our best. Sorry if we get anything... Uh, wrong, feel free to, to blow us up on Twitter at cellmatespodcast.com, right. Gmail, cellmatespodcast at gmail.com, Facebook at cellmatespodcast, or look at our website, which will one day maybe be updated, but probably not. What's that website, Dick? Oh, cellmatespodcast.com. It is. Great. Oh, thank you for um, confirming. Yeah, and, and as always, we invite just conversation in general, because, yeah. um, you know, with everything going on, we're recording this late June 2020. That's true. Um, and with all of the events of the world going on, um, you know, last episode we did some shorts by some um, less represented types of, like, creators and animation. Mm-hmm. And um, this week we decided to kind of continue, you know, we, we, I guess part of the reason that we're doing this episode is because we're feeling like, well, how do you just do, like, a regular, like... Uh, Rainbows and Unicorns episode right now. <laughs> and we will. Like, Rainbows and Unicorns is a movie I've been wanting to watch. So. Yeah, it's kind of like, look, we're we're a goofy podcast about animated movies, but, like, we can't do, we can't, mm-hmm. we've got some movies worth talking about. Right. I think. Right. With that in mind, Dick, what are you drinking as we talk about these movies worth talking about? Well, uh, I brought out ye old black and tans, uh, or actually, I guess this is a black and blue. It's a black and blue is the yeah. technical term, because I guess it's Newcastle tan. Is that the idea? Sorry, it's uh, I keep saying Newcastle. It's not Newcastle. It's harp. Is harp. the lager that is used Got for a black it. and tan? Okay, but yeah, it's it's the idea is it's black. The Guinness is black. Uh-huh. The 
harp is tan mm-hmm. and they are layered beers. But right. we used Blue Moon, mm-hmm. so this is a black and blue. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, not anymore because we've kind of swirled it around, but you're right. When yeah. you pour the drink, it is a layered drink and the mm-hmm. two drinks are separated yeah. um, but in the same glass together and so... They're going to get mixed up together. You'd say like they're separate but equal? Whether, Yeah. Whether or not the pourer wants them to get mixed up together. Yeah. Anyway. Well, actually, <laughs> technically, they're supposed to stay separate. Uh, Are they? How does that work, like, chemistry-wise? Well, the they're, they have, like, different densities. Mm-hmm. So they just, like, the Guinness will, like, kind of float. Okay. On top of the other beer. Well, this, um, the internet gave us Blue Moon, though, as a recommendation, and it didn't didn't quite work as well. Right. It so, stayed for a little bit. So you have to be able to pour it really well, mm. which I did not do, because this is my first time trying to pour a black and tan, or black and blue. That can be part of the conversations that we have on social media after these episodes, too. But also, Teach yeah, Dick how to make a layered drink, because yeah. I, I have no interest in learning. <laughs> I, but I absolutely do. I love making pretty drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think uh, great intent, but poor execution. Oh. Uh, fits the theme. <laughs> uh, certainly for one of these films mm-hmm. that we're about to do. Um, we are uh, tackling two films as usual today. One is Zootopia <laughs> and the other one is Ugly Dolls. Yeah. Um, and shout one out. Of, one of them, you know, you've probably heard about. It's like a, or seen. It's a, it's a really good movie. It's got like some cool music in it. It's, it kind of tackles race in an interesting way and doesn't really doesn't really get it perfectly, but does it really well. And then the other one is Zootopia. <laughs> I had not really heard of Ugly Dolls. Uh, let's let's get into when was the first you've heard of Ugly Dolls? Because I have a shout out. I I feel like I saw a preview for it before something else or. Oh, yeah. Like six months ago, you could not convince me this was not trolls. Like, no, no, no. They made that movie. It's called I Trolls. I still call this movie Trolls. Yeah. On occasion. Uh, it's not. Uh, I first heard about it, yeah, about six months ago um, from a uh, friend of the podcast, Britt. Um, hey, Britt. Our, uh, I, one of our only listeners, I think, maybe our only listener, who I can confirm has children, like, of animated movie viewing age, yeah. right? Oh. Um, <laughs> well, Michael, and, if he listens. Well, sure. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, this was, this blew up in, in friend of the podcast, Brit's household last year with her, I guess at the time, six and three year old. Mm. Um, and so she has been mentioning this movie to us for a while. And when we were asking about potential pairings for Zootopia, this was, um, Brit's idea. And thank you because uh, I had a great time. And we had such a, it was such a bear trying to figure out what to pair with Zootopia. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, it has to be something more fun and something that kind of gets the message a little more right. and mm-hmm. Or has a different take on has it. Has a different and, take, yeah. Which Ugly Dolls did. So I, I was planning to start with Zootopia, but let's let's go with Ugly Dolls. Okay. Um, I think I am summarizing this one. Do you, any, anything else to say about the history? Oh, I also owned an ugly doll before I knew what ugly dolls were. That's right. You you have one right behind you. I it's do. the Wanda Sykes Baker it's doll. It's the Wanda Sykes. Yeah, it's the only well, it's one of the only ones I don't know the name for without looking at Wikipedia. Um I just like calling it the Wanda Sykes doll. Yeah. Uh we were 
uh, Mike Sully and uh, Boo for Halloween. That's right. And I needed a stuffed monster to carry around. And this was the first thing I saw in Target that fit the bill. Uh, so I bought it. Yes. Uh, so I, I have an ugly doll. Yes. Neat. Yeah. That, that's all. All right. All hey, right. <laughs> do, you, do you have the Wikipedia up so that you can address them by name? I, I highly recommend that because I don't remember almost any of their idea. names. Thanks. All right. In a two minute, uh, it might not be as necessary. All right. I got two minutes on the cookie timer. Two minutes on Are you ready, timer. Dick? Um, yes. I'm ready. I'll go. All right. So there is a land of ugly dolls. It's called Uglyville. And everyone's really happy. And they're like little like stuffed animals. And they all have like a weird quirk to them. And they're kind of silly and goofy. But um, everyone's really excited. um, And Moxie, the main ugly doll of our story, really wants to be adopted by a kid in the human world. But no, the human world and kids, those are made up. Those are fictional things. Um, But she's like, no, I want to see. There's a pipe up there that the ugly dolls come to us from, like each new resident. I want to go see what's in the pipe. And she does it with some friends and she finds out, oh, there's another world of dolls. They're Perfectville uh, with perfect dolls. Because what turns out is that ugly dolls have, are rejected dolls from this line of toys. And the perfect dolls go get to be with humans. So she's like, no, I'm going to compete to be a perfect doll. Uh, compete for this gauntlet. So she goes through uh, perfect doll training with some new um, acquaintances. And this guy, uh, this doll Lou, is in charge of the training. And um, he is very superficial in terms of doll uh, perfection. And he doesn't want any dolls to make it through who are not perfect like him uh so he gives uh our ugly dolls a hard time and every time they like succeed at a challenge he keeps on raising the bar for them or Mm -hmm. saying that's not enough well meanwhile they're befriending this um perfect doll quote unquote uh named mandy who is not so perfect because she wears glasses that she has to hide during the day otherwise she'd get rejected she'd get thrown into uglyville so she kind of helps uh moxie and moxie kind of help her like uh, be comfortable with themselves and uh turns out the ugly dolls are pretty good at things but oh no lou's gonna shove them back to uglyville oh, no. he's got a plan and he shoves them back and kidnaps and he uses uh ox to do that anyway but moxie doesn't give up and so she competes for the gauntlet and she wins the perfect doll competition because she uh she cuddles the robot baby at the end and then uh the br- the portal breaks i don't care the portal breaks and um, they can't get to the real world, but then they fix the portal by alert, by working together and being caring for one another instead of excluding one another. And then uh, Moxie finally makes it through to the real world and she's um, given as a gift to a girl. She's not sure if she's going to be liked and then she's really, really, really loved. There's a lot of plot to this movie. There's a lot, yeah. I thought I was doing really well. And you then, were doing very poorly. Then I forgot that there were kind of like, there like are two endings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Moxie gets her dream of being a toy to a real girl, and it didn't matter that she looks different. The girl loved her just the same. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's... What? Oh, is our radiator going on on a 90-degree day? It sounds like no big our deal. radiator is starting uh, to go on New on York a 90-degree day. Totally having a normal one. Great. Um, so... Yeah, I, 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 I think like twenty minutes in, mm-hmm. I turned to you and I'm like, 
Is this good? No, it was like five minutes in. It was early, yeah. That I texted Britt. I'm like, we already like this better than a lot of movies we watch for this podcast. Like, like, this is I, really good. We <laughs> don't fun. we don't know or care about Ugly Dolls merchandise or mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a cartoon or, or I mean it is it's it was a toy first. Yeah. So it, this movie is a little like Transformers in that the toy is first and the movie is the merchandising thing. Except for like they went for a real story. So it's it's written by Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, he's involved. He was the he was brought on as director and then Kelly Asbury um right. was brought on as co-director and then Robert Rodriguez left as director, so leaving Kelly Asbury the um sole director of this movie, which we learned um Oh my god, Kelly, while we were watching the movie. Well, yeah, like immediately after we finished, I was on Twitter and learned that uh Kelly Asbury passed away this weekend mm-hmm. um from cancer. So um, you know, sending love to his family and friends and fans and yeah. Um, Kelly Asbury, uh, probably better known for Shrek Two, mm-hmm. um, and Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Cimarron, and he did. He's he, done. He's like, done some like story stuff for Disney. Yeah, and if you look through like visual artist on Little Mermaid, uh, visual artist on Beauty and the Beast, yeah. art director or assistant art director on Nightmare Before Christmas, Toy Story, he, he's been involved in everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to Kelly Asbury, uh, died pretty young. That's, that's mm-hmm. a bummer. Um, you but th- yeah, thank like, you for this movie. Yeah. We, it's, it, it, this movie is very simple yeah. and it, um, is not anywhere nearly as ambitious as even the movie we're about to talk about. No. Um, but it just, it, it works for me. Like it mm-hmm. works in its simplicity. I think that's one of its, its strengths. Just, it's just good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like they didn't make it too crazy. They didn't try and overreach. Um, and the other thing is like, let me let me just name that because I, I think I oh, am yeah. bothered. Oh, you no, know, no. Continue. I think continue. I am bothered more by this than you are in movies. But let me just list some of the people that yeah. are acting in this. Yeah, movie. the voice actors. Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas, Janelle Monet, Blake Shelton, Pitbull. Pitbull. Wanda Sykes, uh, Emma Roberts, uh, Charlie XCX, Roman Lizzo. Yeah. So, I mean, now we have like kind of a, things can go Shark Tale or things can go Smallfoot. And yeah. this goes Smallfoot. This, Kelly All Clarkson's of, great. Kelly Clarkson is, I, I was telling someone, is, is Channing Tatum good at voice yeah. acting where you're like, yeah. no. And she's really good. Like, she's not afraid to get super silly with the role like, and make the, funny sounds. To the point and... that I looked up to make sure she wasn't just the singing voice. Right. Because this is a musical. Um, mm-hmm. And it's more of a small foot type musical where there are like pop songs it's that pop, are... But it's well mixed. But it, it's... Yes. You can, I hear, can the hear the voices. And it's um, the score composer I didn't recognize so much, but the co-writer of the songs, mm-hmm. I'm assuming lyrics, is Glenn Slater, yeah. who is um, kind of Alan Menken's default lyricist. Um, for the past decade or so, that's um, pretty dope. So, so these are people who have some experience. And and the what's the guy's name? is it Christopher Hennerts or something? Christopher Leonard. Leonard's also a Mencken collaborator. He did score oh. for like Gallivant and things like that. Nice. Yeah. So it's just it's it's Mencken friends of Mencken friends of friends of Alan Mencken, which usually is it works out pretty well. It's usually a pretty good pretty good indicator that you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. These songs are fun. But yeah, like so, just surprisingly good. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't have a transition, Dick. Cool. Tell Let's me talk about, about your... Zootopia. <laughs> uh, I 
think I saw this in the theater. What about you? I think I think you did because I actually remember this is like one of like five movies I've seen by myself in New York City oh. in a theater. And I remember calling you after I got out of this movie. Really? Um, yeah, we were, I think you were still in the East Village. It was like early on in our relationship. Oh man, this movie's uh, more recent than I thought. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I remember, I, th- I think calling you or like you had called and I was sure. calling you back. It was not like I got out of the movie. I'm like, let, let's, let talk, me, let's about talk about this utopia. movie. But I'm yeah. like, oh, this, this movie was surprising. I didn't really know what it was about going yeah. in. I'm just like, oh, animal movie. It's Disney. I'll go see it because yeah. I see Disney movies in the theater. Um, and so I think first impression, I was really impressed that they kind of went for the topics and the subject matters that they go for in this movie. Yeah. Um, when you, you know, start picking it apart even a little, like even with a blunt spoon, oh uh, it, it comes apart in uh, a, problematic ways. It's a problem. But you know what? I Like... Kudos for trying, um, I guess. but it should have been maybe some other people trying. I, you know what? I, I say no kudos for trying. It should have maybe been people who have... Uh, kudos some... for trying might be the moral of this movie. Oh, yeah. I was but... going to say, you might need some like uh, difference of experiences with uh, the police force yeah. in America to maybe make this movie it a little like bit stronger. It seems like white woman tears are mm. like the savior of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They, they work here. <laughs> They they work everywhere, but they shouldn't necessarily. But it is an interesting. Well, it comes out what spring of twenty sixteen. Yeah. So it's an interesting kind of precursor to some things to come in the next couple of years as we deal with different fallouts of. Yeah. It, this things. this also like I wonder like because this is, sorry you just said this is yeah. February February twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. We haven't had an election yet. No. We don't know who our president's going to be yet. We don't, but we have had Black Lives Matter in yeah. the last... And I yeah. think what, Trayvon Martin is 2014. I believe that's good. So even if this movie did not start as what it was about, right. it ended up being more timely than probably anyone could have thought. Right. I, I, but what I was saying is, is this movie comes out, we don't yet know who's about to be president. Right. right. We don't know what those next four years are going to be. Right. So even if this movie was really well done, which I don't think it was, but even if it was really well done, it might already feel out of date mm-hmm. because the last four years have been transformative. Right. Uh, right. So, and it is especially just in June of 2020, interesting to watch a movie that is that you are rooting for the police force, rooting. that you are told that you are rooting for the police force in uh-huh. this movie and... Yeah, very interesting. Dick, are you ready to summarize this movie in two minutes? I know no. that you don't have anything more to say about Zootopia beyond the two no, minutes. No, that's so. all I have to say about <laughs> Zootopia, certainly. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to get characters yep. up so that I can read them. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. All right, and go. All right, Judy Hops is a bunny. She's from Bunny Burrow. 
and she wants to be a cop when she grows up. She's bullied a little bit. Anyway, she becomes a cop when she grows up. She moves to the big city known as Zootopia, which is a really cool city. And uh uh-oh, she gets parking ticket details. She just wants to make the world a better place somehow by being a cop who don't make the world a better place. But she's going to do it somehow anyway. Uh, Anyway, she meets Nick Wilde, who's a red fox. He's like a con artist. He's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think he's actually breaking the law, but she's like, you seem like you're breaking the law. And she's racist as fuck against foxes because her parents were too. And she's got fox spray with her, which is fucked up. Anyway, um, she and this fox uh, talk to each other, play together. Yeah. And they uh, try and solve this mystery of these missing, uh, what do they call them? Predators? Predators. Which, I don't know why we're calling them predators, but it's fine. Because uh, animals in Zootopia don't eat each other. They get along, and they could be anything they want to be. Anyway, turns out, whoop, whoop, there's a magical blue thing that if you shoot a predator with it, uh, they turn feral, or savage is the mm-hmm. word they use. Uh, they turn into savages and start attacking people. And they revert back to their to their true selves, or whatever. Anyway, uh, Judy Hopps uh, tells people this racist-ass theory of hers and then goes back home and then she comes back to the big city and cries and then uh, the fox helps her and they take down this lamb who's trying to get rid of all the predators so she can be the mayor. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And then in the end, the police are heroes. And Nick becomes a police too. Oh yeah, and Nick becomes a policeman. We're supposed to be very excited about. Cookies are done. How was that for a summary? Was that okay? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get into all of the racism in this movie, but I did my best. Yeah, there. Yeah, because there is there are layers. Layers upon layers. It's amazing. All right, so. I think one thing that I want to talk about is intent versus impact. <laughs> Specifically with Zootopia. Let's um, talk about intent versus impact. Because yes. intent, uh, uh, I want to make clear that I'm, I'm going to, for a couple minutes, try to explain what I think are some intents of the movie yeah. and know that it doesn't matter because the impact is different and the perspective is It doesn't skewed. matter what you try to do. It matters what right. you do. Yeah. So I think the intent was... Uh, was yes a general just like ev- everyone can do everything and we shouldn't let you know our preconceptions about a certain person or a certain group of people get in the way of what right. they can become right you see this with Judy who is a small bunny and there's never been a bunny police officer so she is right at odds with the with mm-hmm. the narrative of history and she's underestimated and she's the top of her class but once she gets Hired, her police chief doesn't care. He just assigns her to parking duty. It's because, like, bunnies are small. Bunnies are small, right. Got it. Um, yeah, that's an interesting... There's just so many interesting tangents, right? The police force is not all predators. They're just right. all big animals. Like They're just a, big animals. An elephant is not a predator, no. but it's big. It, I'd say it's even mostly, like, it's rhinos and hippos and elephants. And yeah, but there's, like, cheetahs and polar bears. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, like, a, there's a mix. Yeah. Um, so there's, like... Just uh, like many threads of um, characters experiencing adversity because of preconceived notions about who they are. Mm-hmm. You see um, 
really strong scene of um, Nick the fox has a flashback where he, um, as a fox, as a predator, he Mm -hmm. grew up and um, wanted to join these Boy Scouts and he finally joined, but all the rest of the group were prey type animals Mm -hmm. and so they hazed him once he was in the Scouts and put a muzzle on him. That's kind of a um, a recurring motif, uh, the muzzle in this movie. And it's like, that's effective and so like, Nick kind of has this chip on his shoulder. He even says at one point, well, if they're just going to see me as a sly, like, malicious fox, why should I be anything different? So it's, right, it's expectations. And so I think that was the intent. Um, (laughs) That was a very good explanation of the intent, yeah. (laughs) And and there there are some visual images and, um, you know, references. You know, Judy calls... Uh, Judy compliments Nick on being very articulate for a fox, and that's mm-hmm. that's coded language. But it gets mixed, right? Because like the sheep, then like uh, she's like, oh, never like Nick like pats the sheep's hair because he wants to feel it, and Judy's like, well, never touch a sheep's hair. It's like, well, okay, but she's a prey, and Nick's a prey. Like, just lots is, of things get what mixed are we trying up to do with this movie really quickly, right? But also like. The animals are okay. So, <laughs> one, um, if the reason that a rabbit hasn't been on of the police force is because rabbits are small and police need to be big, mm-hmm. that is not a they're not doing a racism to her, she's just small and they want police to be big. That's that's a different thing mm-hmm. that we're talking about. But it's kind of presented like, oh, we'll never have a rabbit on the police force. Even though it would be like if, okay, even ignoring this idea of like the, you know, this police force is like a good and worthy goal for a character to be in. Like she does, like she solves a mystery. Like what it can. But also there's like. Has no one ever thought of before? Like some people need to be detectives and some people need to be reporters. Right. There's, there's like a town. Right. in which she is too big, right? She's like too big. Oh yeah, the when mouse she goes town. to the mouse yeah. town or whatever, or the rat town. Yeah, she's Who too big. Who polices the mouse Who town? Polices that town because she's like almost knocking over buildings as a rabbit. Yeah. in that town, you try. And That's get a, confusing. Yeah, we get into some cars make, mechanics. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense as the police force not to have different sized animals, but like I don't know what that's supposed to be. Also, that whole mouse town is Italian. Yeah, that's that's it's it's called like Little Vol Town or uh-huh. Little Mouse Town, but it's it's Little Italy, and all of the characters are Italian. We get Godfather references so, and everything. Yeah, not only is one is the like Italian characters that we meet, not only are they the mafia, which uh-huh. is like Italians are not fans of the Ooh. only Italian character in your film being in the mafia. Uh huh. Unless it's maybe a film about the mafia. Right. In which case that makes sense. But just being like, oh, there's an Italian character. He's in the mob. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's messed up. But there's also, a shark tale. <laughs> but also it shows that each of these species mm-hmm. is a different like race or yeah. a different from a different country. Yeah. So what are we what are we saying? What are the panthers then? What are the bears? What are the polar bears? Right. Like it's 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 so Oh, God, it just makes me so upset Mm -hmm. how poorly they executed the message that they're trying to go for. Right. Which in 
you know, in Ugly Dolls, I think we're ready to, to start to start mixing together All the right. black and blue of these right, two let's, movies. Let's take a breath. Uh, <laughs> I think in Ugly Dolls, it, again, the simplicity is what it, it serves the mechanics of the story, right? That you just have these two worlds. It's yeah. Uglyville and Perfectville, and that's it. Like, it's really clear that it's more environmental than, like, who they are, right? And... um and there are some interesting things. I think Ugly Dolls maybe present some details that get in a little bit over its head um, in terms of... So it turns out that Lou, the main um, villain doll, and it turns out that he's a prototype too. He's not allowed out of this like toy factory, I guess. Yes. Yeah, are so, we in like the last room of a toy factory kind of? But the dolls are in charge. So that's where, that's where Ugly Dolls gets confusing because... <laughs> So the message of the, let's like, like the intent of Ugly Dolls. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's attack this the same way. Yeah. The intent of Ugly Dolls is, um, even if you feel like a reject, or if other people say you're a reject, you're still gonna find, um, you can still find happiness, and you can still find someone who loves you. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's like the overall intent, mm-hmm. right? And so we've got all these dolls who are like rejects. They're they're deformed or they're they've got like extra eyes or no eyes or, mm-hmm. or whatever. They've got they've got some sort of something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So they were rejected by like from, quality control by, by like automated quality yeah. control robots or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes these dolls accidentally get through. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they are sent to Uglyville. So, is this how it happens? Yeah, they're sent to Uglyville, but only because... Oh, they were being recycled. They were being like... They were being furnished. Yeah. Like Toy Story 3 furnace. But they call it the recycler. Yes, yeah. So I assume that furnace is somehow recycling uh, fur. Or it's just a euphemism. Yeah. Um, but apparently, yeah, uh, Mayor Ox, mm-hmm. the uh, green bunny without an eye, who's mayor of Uglyville... Uh, was friends with Lou, um, the prototype who's in charge of Perfectville. Like, he got through or is it? Yeah, he got through by accident. No. Um, but, um, yeah, he would have been recycled, but Lou um, kind of designed this loophole where, like, they, they boarded up the recycling. Loophole? Oh, uh. They boarded up the recycling tunnel and created a new space of Uglyville where, like, you wouldn't have to die but you got to stay here. Like, this is where you're going to go instead. Yeah. Instead of dying, mm-hmm. you go to this mm-hmm. place where you live. Yeah. Instead. Instead of being... Which uh, is, which is a, a step forward. Executed by street mobs. Here's a neighborhood you can live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can have your own schools and churches don't, and economy. Don't come to ours, but have your own. <laughs> Redlining. Um, so, like, that's an interesting thing. Like, this movie has redlining in it. That's, yeah. Interesting. Does it, it does it like follow through? Mm, eh. Eh, yeah. But. Uh, but Lou is Lou is like a a bad guy, and he. I, I think a really cool thing about Lou is that he has valid points that he makes, which makes him an understandable, like um, like an understandable villain. Can you give an example of a valid point he makes? And I think you mean like it's valid for the universe. It's it's valid for the universe. For for his understanding of it. And it's like, cool, that's a valid point, but you're, 
like what you're taking from that, right? Right, right, right. Like when people are like, ah, the news media is fake. It's like, okay, so what you should take from that is <laughs> like, yeah, corporate controlled news is bad. But what they take instead is like, I shouldn't wear a mask. Um, <laughs> and that voice is not great. People from the South aren't all bad. That's um, correct. I'm doing my best, world. But like, I mean, Lou's basic, his basic thesis is that, well, like, you're going to get rejected by the human world if you make it to that point. No human is going to accept you as a toy. Right. So, so your choices are being recycled or going to this but, red line neighborhood. But also, if you're not perfect, you're going to not be able to avoid like certain traps. Mm, like, yeah. Like he has a whole thing where he's like, look, the reason you have to be perfect is what happens like... What, what happens if you get gum in your hair? What happens if this? What mm-hmm. happens if this? You need to be able to avoid that stuff because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to go in the washer. And every time you go through the washer, you're just going to get more and more messed yeah. up. Yeah. So the idea is that if you're not perfect, you're going to be treated more carelessly by your human. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they have that gauntlet. Mm-hmm. That's why they have all this, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, it's an interesting point of view to come from. And it's an interesting way for him to say like, Instead of like being like, okay, let's train everybody up. Let's make sure everyone's ready. Mm -hmm. Just saying like, no, you do not get to try. Right. Right. Like he's a. Right. What I, what I'm trying to get at is that he is an interesting bad guy. Yeah, Yeah. he is. And it's almost, I mean, he's trapped by the system too, right? Mm -hmm. He is more or less an agent of the state. I, I'm assigning way too much, I think, uh, heft to this movie, Ugly Dolls, at this point in time. But he is. It's hard, he's, it's hard not to. He, he's an agent of the state, and it's really like he's being, t- right? His role is to train these guys. So, like, he's being fed this information, and that's like where it falls apart a little bit because, like, where is this information coming yeah, from? There's, there's like no big bad over him. It's just. Uh, an institution of yeah. perfection. Um, it's, it's also interesting that like the 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 messages like the message that I said was like even if you feel like you're a reject, mm-hmm. you can make it in the world, sort mm-hmm. of thing. But the dolls don't just feel like they're rejects; they are literal rejects. They right. were they were made incorrectly, right? So that's where it falls apart a little bit yeah. too. Yeah. Yes, because there is a standard. There, there is like a, there is a quote standard unquote, of correct, correct standard. There is a maker, and the maker mm-hmm. somehow messed up and said, well, not mm-hmm. these. But yeah, but I think there's a point to be made where like, well, why is that like the, this idea of there is a correct doll is right. fundamentally flawed because right. clearly kids can love any type of doll, right? That's yeah. the, and I, ends up I, being the conclusion. And it's it's obviously different because these dolls are alive, mm-hmm. um, and that that just it just raises some interesting yeah interesting questions there yeah. But so I think um, so transitioning from intent to impact, um, I don't I don't I don't think I leave ugly dolls and again like as a white woman I you know leave movies sure. differently. Um, but I don't I'm like okay this is a good message this doesn't say anything that I'm uncomfortable with this is like yeah. the impact is maybe if anything a little bit too bland of like well you can be loved no matter what and it does yeah. you know I maybe would like it to dive a little bit more into the the hierarchies and what that's saying but. yeah and I, I I think there's like some area left for it to explore but 
I will say for the Ugly Dolls movie, a movie based on a toy line and I think nothing else. Yeah. Uh, way better than we expected. Mm-hmm. And like could have easily just been like a My Little Pony style. Mm-hmm. Like everyone should be nice to each other. Right. But it didn't do that. It it like tried to have a message. Yeah. 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 Um, so coming back to Zootopia mm-hmm. and the impact. So the intent, right, is to um, say that like prejudice is bad and let anyone do anything. What uh, what ends up happening is a few too many mixed messages, and it it, it takes some things literal as like literal metaphors and then some things it's just in this fictional world. I mean, the the biggest thing, the the elephant in the room. Um, I like that joke in the movie. Yeah, though. it's they they make some neat some I guess Time to address the elephant in the room. Not terrible animal puns. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. To the literal elephant. That's fun. Uh, the the biggest glaring um problem with the impact is that uh the predator class, right? Um, is kind is through most of the metaphors of the movie meant to appear as the the closest analogy you know note for note is black people right, right? they're like ten percent of the society of Zootopia and they are perceived as aggressive you know once the once these stories get out about these predators going yeah. quote unquote savage the problem is is that in this world the predators were biologically savage yeah and then both species evolved to a point where they were like the same and that yeah. like and you're like whoa uh, it's like i don't i don't stop stop <laughs> i don't care what race or, or whatever the predators are supposed to be you can't you can't do that we all we all are humans right in it's in human biology, racism is pseudo like race right. is pseudoscience. Right, it's sorry. a human racism construct. is real. Race is not. Right, um, it's, a, it's a thing we came up with. Yeah, yeah. It is not based in science. It is not based in biology. But in, but in the animal kingdom, predator prey is a real thing. Cheetahs are very different than <laughs> there's rabbits. a food chain. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, those are all different animals. So it, it <sighs> at best it's an imperfect metaphor. At worst. Which I I feel like it 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 rang this way in 2016, but especially in 2020, it's like oh this is actively dangerous. Huh? Um, I've I've been reading a lot of uh, you know articles on it online. The, the kind of the main consensus is like, well, they tried, and uh, but this is why it shouldn't. Um, and yeah. so like the kindest articles I've read are kind of like. Well, we know you didn't mean it, but again, is that enough, right? Like that's like no, it's not that's, enough. We're no longer taking that as an excuse in 2020, which I yeah. think is great. Like, in you know, impact greater sign than intent. Yeah, alligator um, intent. Alligator intent. Oh, good Zootopia. Thank you. Tie in. Yeah, so like that's a problem, and it's especially a problem that I've like seen it be uh, advertised in specifically in white communities, as like, hey, like, uh, we're doing a teaching. We're going to watch, uh, you know, like, you know, like white congregations or something. We're going to watch Zootopia together and then talk about it to all learn about racism together. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, though, uh, depending, 
on the conversation, you could learn a lot. No, and I think I think it's a good. Uh, so here's the thing. Yeah. I think uh, an unintended impact is that it ends up being actually a good place to maybe start talking about it, especially mm-hmm. with kids. Like, hey, what did you notice? Okay, and then what else did you notice? Do you think this translate? You know, trying to get the you know the kid, especially maybe an older, you know, like four eight, or five, eight and up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, one other uh, analog that I picked up in my original viewing, mm-hmm. um, which seeing it again doesn't really ring as true to me, mm-hmm. but when we find out that like this disease only affects, say, 10% of the population, mm-hmm. and it's not a p- part of the population that the government cares about, my mm-hmm. mind went to Reagan yeah. and the AIDS crisis, yeah. which... I was just like, what the what the fuck is happening in this movie? And so one th- I'm just remembering a detail now that um, the so the, the predators are targeted with this nightshade. Right. And it ends up it's Bellwether. It's the sheep deputy mm-hmm. mayor who you said in the summary um, who's targeting them specifically. But like this uh, nightshade night yeah. um, night howlers night howlers. There we go. The. um uh, Mom Bunny says, oh, yeah, my brother or my cousin ate one of those and just, like, went nuts and, like, bit me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be interesting, you know, you talk about the AIDS crisis, that it was um, ignored until it was discovered that, like, oh, people who are not gay can also yeah. contract AIDS, and then it became more serious, right? Like, yeah. that's what brought it, quote-unquote, legitimacy, Um I mean, this movie is already trying to do, like, two and a half movies worth of plot. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see even one, like, to see on screen even one example of a prey yeah. type being, um, being going, going savage. Yeah, going savage, quote unquote. The, the other thing that, that that just made me think of is, um, like, the crack epidemic, mm. where, like, crack wasn't a problem. Or like cocaine, cocaine wasn't, a, wasn't yeah. a problem, even though it's literally the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but crack was a problem mm-hmm. because like poorer communities and black communities mm-hmm. were starting to do it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with marijuana, mm-hmm. like the whole marijuana, uh, the, the whole movement to make marijuana illegal was mm-hmm. like it will make black people crazy mm-hmm. and make them rape white women. That's like a big piece of that movement. That's yeah. a big piece of, of like um, heroin versus opioids, mm-hmm. like poor communities and minority communities. So it's it could have been interesting that these night howlers were fine mm-hmm. for Judy Hopps's family, her like white family to have. Or but then in the city, it's mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah, like that's an interesting like that could be like an interesting allegory for. The war on drugs. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't, but it could be. Well, and it could be extra, right? Because the um, authorities are planting it yeah. on people, right? Yeah, That's they're like, giving it to them. Um, like, I just uh, shout out, if you haven't seen the documentary 13th, hmm. um, a lot of it does a really good job of really delineating this, like, yeah. and using source materials and like, no, the war on drugs is a war on race. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to quickly shout, Many, out, uh, shout out the podcast, The Dollop. It's a great history podcast. Oh. Um, they There's an episode on heroin or uh, no it's opioids in america i think it's a two-part episode 
talks about the history of opioids and how uh, Bayer Aspirin, the, the mm-hmm. Bayer Aspirin company, who also uh, created gas for the Nazis, uh, mm-hmm. is responsible for uh, heroin. Yeah. So I think. Thanks, Bayer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like one, I think, quick fix for this movie would be any kind of um, acknowledgement that Night Howler is not making them revert. Night Howler is a thing that basically gives you rabies. Right. Right? Like in the animal world, rabies would be the... So it's like, it's not a normal state for any animal. It's just making this, any any victim aggressive. Yeah. And then when it happens to be that it's all pointed at predators, then it's a problem because then predator is associated with being aggressive. But again, like because there is such thing as predator and prey in the animal world, the metaphor falls apart, even if it's a fictional evolved world. We watched another movie recently that I think think falls into the same thing. So um, we watched the... Uh, Disney made, Channel. made for TV, made for Disney Channel musical Zombies. Zombies. Or Z O M B I E S mm-hmm. is how it's spelled out. Because the original YA novel is Zombies and Cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy. Uh, same problems. So the idea is it's like zombies are, are able, like. Z- zombies have. Zombies happen. Zombies happened, and there was like an outbreak of zombie. In and this the, town. The zombies were like biting people and killing people right. and eating brains. And they were able to, there's like a treatment right. that's able to make them not do that. Right. So now they can go. And it's this like electromagnetic watch that yeah. they have to wear. It's like, like shock therapy. Yeah. So they're able to go to school with normals. Mm-hmm. And it's it's already very weird. <laughs> um, but, they're trying to do a Romeo and Juliet. They're trying to do a Descendants, even. Yeah. And it's, but there's like again a, the metaphor falls. <laughs> like the thing about the thing about racism. The thing about mm-hmm. the th- yeah the the thing about like a white person being racist against black people is that there is no justification for right. it. Right. But yeah, having bias against a zombie when a zombie ate your grandpa. Yeah. Because zombies were. Out of control, right? They they were literal monsters, right? Like that's that's valid. Mm-hmm. Having having a, a prejudice against a cheetah because it like as a bunny being prejudiced against a cheetah because a cheetah would literally eat you. Yeah, that's 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 valid. That's a valid concern. Like yeah. it may be like, oh, this was this was a while ago, but right, like it's. That's valid. Yeah, I think a different fix to this movie. I also and don't know what these cheetahs are eating now. That's a problem, right? Yeah. I, I guess they're all ve- they all have to be vegetarian. Which Everyone can't be healthy. Um, another fix to this movie would be to go full Smallfoot on it, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully you've listened to our Sasquad episode. But uh, if not, go watch Smallfoot. Smallfoot is so good. But right, it could have been the Zootopia opens with um, Kid Judy putting on a school play about the history of predators and prey yeah. and. Um, how they've evolved and like another cool thing again this movie is trying to do too much already but another way they could have gone would be to reveal that predator prey was just a myth period yeah you're in a different universe it, you're in a different universe it can be these like, don't have to be normal animals no she does never ate bunnies that's a story you that's were a, told that's a myth mm-hmm. that that like the higher-ups have planted to keep uh 
the classes from aligning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? To to keep just like um, I don't know how um, workplaces do like really intense diversity training to make sure that their workers don't trust each other and uh, make sure they never really get together and unionize. Hey. Uh, not that that ever happens. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a, it's a, pro- look, it's a problem. Look. Look. Um, so we're, we're, we're seeing that animals are maybe not the best way to tell a story about racism and prejudice, at least not in this context. I wanted to bring in yeah. um, some statistics that I recently learned. Oh, please. These are super about, interesting. The, these are. This is so, a great find. <laughs> um, there have been studies about um, representation in children's books of like with a, you know, the protagonist or any character, like how many white kids are in children's books, how many black kids are in children's books, how many, so, or characters in general, right? And so. Um, do, you, do you know the first like children's book? Can, can you remember a children's book from when you were a child that had like a non-white character as the protagonist? I mean, The Snowy Day the is like everyone's, of, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'd have to go back. So what's interesting is that I can actually tell you about this other category. So in, yeah. um, in both 2015 and 2018, they did the study. Um, there's a, and there's, there are some cool infographics that we'll post um, yeah. online. But... Um, so it's diversity in children's books, and it gives a percentage of how many books um, feature, you know, this type of character. This is and how many books feature, or how many characters are? How many? Let me read it. Yeah. Percentage of books depicting characters from um, these backgrounds. Okay, so this doesn't even have to be like the main character. This is just. I a would character. I would assume that yeah, if there's a best friend or whatever, that counts right. as okay. Okay. So. So what is it? What what does this so, graph say? Um, I've got two in front of me. I've got t- 2015 and 2018. Um, the rankings for both. Number one, um, the most depicted type of character is a uh, a white character, a oh. Caucasian character. Oh, very very mm, interesting, right? Uh, number two is an animal slash other character, right? So animals, trucks, like, right? It's very um. It reminds brave, me of brave little toasters. It reminds cars. me of the movie Elf, where they're like, oh, a very like a peach. No, like no one's doing farming things. Oh, an asparagus. Well, that's the same thing. <laughs> um, so this is so the number one characters are white, like white, white kids, and by a large margin in both 2015 or 2018, and there are differences. And then it's animals. And then it's animals. Okay. Then by another large margin, black characters, hey. uh, African or African Americans, and then um, after that, Asian Pacific Islander, and then uh, Latinx, and then American Indians slash First Nations. Is like way at the bottom. Way at the bottom. Right. So some good news is that okay. between 2015 and 2018, all of the uh, minoritized populations grew in um, their uh, representation. Right? Okay. So like, like a ton? Black characters go from what? 7.6% to 10%. That's a start. Uh, uh, Asian and Pacific Islander characters go from 33 to 7%. That's double. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, not great, but that's double. But that's double. Um, uh, Latinx also doubles from uh, 2.4 to 5. Uh, American Indian stays about the same. Uh, but what is interesting is that uh, the Caucasian representation goes down. Oh. Which seems... Good, right? It goes from 75%, 73% Whoa. to 50%. Oh, that's a huge decrease. So that's a huge decrease. Yeah. 
most of that uh, loss, though, goes to animals. Animals yeah, jump noticed... from 12.5 to 27% from 2015 to 2018. So, so what's happening so... is white authors are saying, oh, I know I can't write another book about a white kid. I'll make it about a bunny who wants to be a cop. <laughs> like, it is very, uh, <laughs> these graphs are very yikes. Um, yeah. And I think it's yeah, go ahead. Sorry. interesting in context of the movies we're talking about where one is entirely based on animals and then the other one, um, you know, in Ugly Dolls, the, the minoritized class is plushy dolls, yeah. whereas the perfect dolls look humanoid. Like, yeah. they, are, they are like, I think they're supposed to be like American Girl dolls, basically. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that the human dolls do have some diversity, right? The main villain, um, very, very Aryan looking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, very Ralph in uh, Sound of Music. And the, the protagonist of the perfect dolls, um, who like befriends the ugly dolls and kind of becomes an ally, um, played by Janelle Monet mm-hmm. and looks like Janelle Monet. She is a black presenting doll. Uh, humanoid doll. Yeah. Um, so that that's interesting to me that even though this movie said, okay, we're not going to, you know, spill these like just a bunch of black dolls into Uglyville. That might be ah! a little bit too on the nose. Oh my god. That Yikes. yeah, that, that could be and especially Even from as you all say white it, I'm just, creators. I'm imagining that as in like the pitch meeting. Yeah. Um so like yeah, especially from white creators, you shouldn't do that idea. Um so they're using kind of a stand-in for a minoritized population and yeah. these ugly dolls. But they do it, it I think it is effective in the scene where um, Lou has Mandy, the Janelle Monet doll, and the Kelly Clarkson like pink mm-hmm. plushy ugly doll in the tunnel, and he's reopening this like recycling tunnel. Yeah. And he is forcing them to go in because they're going against his you know, his belief system. And so I I think it's effective and maybe too on the nose, but for this like white blonde doll to be sending a black female doll into an incinerator, um, you know, just rejecting in general. Um, I think it's effective in that way. Um, and so, right. Like that's kind of a para or like a tangential way to kind of mirror that main plot, Mm -hmm. but with some more real, uh, tangible. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But it, yeah, okay. it, it mirrors it without being too on the nose, right? right? And you want it to be, um, I, I don't want to say relatable and like you want to erase color because that's a problem too. Mm-hmm. Um, great uh, op ed piece by the Broadway actor Heathcliff Saunders mm-hmm. um, that we'll link out as well about like just because you're putting black people in your musicals and in your plots doesn't mean that you're doing it well or doing it uh, yeah. re- like not harmfully right not harmfully yeah representation um, is a step mm-hmm. good representation is another step mm-hmm. and then you know there's there's steps upon steps right um but i feel like right so many stories in zootopia and i feel like if i looked at a collection of all these picture books that are in these statistics you could probably find similar things you want you want it to be i understand the idea of like 
tricking people who might not see the movie otherwise. Like if you're like, this is a movie about racism, there's a certain swath of the population like, liberal media. But if you can trick them with dolls, like maybe that's, you know, that gets people thinking a tick more. One thing that I think is is really interesting about ugly dolls is I'm the more I think of it, the more I'm like, it's it's almost not like one. The ugly dolls don't look anything like the perfect dolls. No. So it's very confusing, like, where they came from. Yeah. Because the perfect dolls are not plushy. It's like, yeah, right? Like, Janelle Monet's character's imperfection is that her eyesight is bad. Not that she's a orange monster. It's <laughs> like right? American Girl doll versus this, like, like literal orange monster. You don't accidentally make an orange monster <laughs> on the American Girl doll line. So that's a little confusing, but... But one thing I really do like about it is that it is, um, it's almost less about race and more about class. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's these it's these dolls that have been relegated to being second class citizens, yeah. like, and that is a thing that goes across races, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a white problem. That's a Latinx problem. That's a black mm-hmm. problem. It's you know, it's that is, it's a it's like a very very real thing Mm -hmm. so you almost get like a slobs versus snobs movie Mm -hmm. right you get like the lower class taking down the the upper class like any number of like 80s ski school movies or whatever (laughs) right but it's like it's that kind of thing because all of the perfect dolls are wearing these very nice like Mm -hmm. school uniforms slash suit sort of things and the ugly dolls are just like i don't know i'm an ugly doll Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting. I kind of wish it leaned more into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the movie was way better than it should have been for the being an ugly dolls movie. So, uh, let's, uh, okay. Just so, straight out. Thank you, Robert Rodriguez. You make things great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this I know he's just got a story, out, story about it. It's received extremely poorly. Yeah. It's got like a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. So we, we loved this movie. <laughs> like, I. Is it in my top 10? No. Probably not. But, like, I really just enjoy the experience of watching a good movie that, like, the story mechanics are there, which yeah. I feel like, um, okay, so Zootop- Zootopia, by contrast, wins the Oscar that year mm. against Moana and against Kubo and the Two Strings. Which we still haven't seen, but. Movies that. From what every, everything In general, are also received yeah. well. We have our issues with Moana. But, mm. um, but yeah, and Ugly Dolls is universally panned by critics what what do you think is the is the disconnect between the movie we think we saw Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what critics saw in and this was just last summer this was 2019 i think part of it is branding Mm. right like Mm -hmm. if you told me to see the ugly dolls movie uh and just like hey go see the ugly dolls movie i'd be like no I'm not going to watch. And it's not a studio. It's not DreamWorks. If I wasn't doing this podcast, I would not have watched it. Same. Right. It's not DreamWorks. It's not even Sony. It's STX. It's all, um, it's all Chinese executive producers. Alibaba. Yeah. Right. Like uh, the, which is China's Amazon. China's Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I think that might be part of it too, right? It's not a American studio. They don't know how to play the Oscars game. Yeah. You know, um, it is very, 
uh, winning an Oscar is not about making the best movie. It's about yeah, it's about making the pitch to like uh, an interesting thing. This this story uh, aged in an interestingly different way. Um, but Finding Neverland was a um, musical mm. um, mm-hmm. on Broadway like three or four years ago. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, uh, let's so, go for it. <laughs> uh, the producer was Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I've heard, heard of him. <laughs> yeah, so he's got his he's got his faults. Uh, you may have heard about it, but um, Harvey Weinstein. The reason that Finding Neverland didn't get nominated for Tonys. Mm-hmm. Or only got nominated for one or something is because Harvey Weinstein approached the Tonys like he would approach the Oscars, which apparently is a like very uh, aggressive is like a very aggressive thing. Like you have to take out giant ads. Yeah, you have to like butter people up. You have to send them baskets. You have to like the one thing I remember about Finding Neverland is the year before it opened, he. Uh, like bought his way into a Tony performance. Mm. He had Jennifer Hudson performing a song from Finding Neverland before it opened at the Tonys, and she was not going to be... Like, she was never in it. No. She was never supposed to be in it. And people thought that was really weird, yeah. which it is for the theater community. And, and like, say what you will about Harvey Weinstein, that dude knew how to get Oscars. Oscars, Right, yeah. like, he knew how to play that game. Yeah. Does... Alibaba know mm-hmm. how to play that game? Like, they can probably hire someone. But, mm-hmm. like, does this Chinese film company know how to play the Oscars game? No. Yeah. Does Disney? Oh, yeah. But here's the thing, too. Like, I think a lot of people... So, the critiques that I read, because I was, like, trying to look through reviews and trying to see if anyone else caught this, like, yeah. kind of, um, like, segregationist kind of subtext going through it. Not really. People didn't. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> some some did, some did. There's a lot of like, this is boring. No child over 10 is going to have their attention held by this. The so, ugly dolls? Yes, yeah. ugly dolls. Okay. And so I think there's a, um, there's an element of critique, especially for children's movies by right. people who don't understand children, right. um, of does it look really spectacular? And yeah, if you have these movies on mute, I'd be like, oh yeah, Zootopia is way better. Like, it's just a full world. Ugly Dolls doesn't really do a lot in the way of backdrops. It doesn't do a lot of the way, like, it doesn't even have a ton of, like, um, I think their character designs, especially their faces, are not, they probably can't do as many distinct emotions as a typical Disney Pixar character. Like, but... It gets the job done. Like, I know what each character is thinking, and yeah. the voice acting is strong enough. Like, they were really well directed. The, also, the music is really good. The music is fun. Yeah. And yeah, every everyone except Blake Shelton yeah. is great in this. Yeah. Pitbull is a great voice actor Pitbull in the Ugly well. Dolls movie. It's just like LeBron James in, in Smallfoot. You're like, you're not known for that. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot he's in that. Right? I mean, I guess, I guess a, a stage performer... I maybe have a, a higher expectation for than a basketball player, right? In terms of voice acting, but like but I, I don't expect no, I don't expect any musician to be a great no, like, and that's Ke- all that this like movie Kelly is. Kelly Clarkson has done some musical theater, 
in right? high school, so like the rest of us. Like something. I've also done some musical theater. That that's doesn't qualify something. me. <laughs> I don't know Pitbull's history, but yeah. I did not expect him no, to be that's, a great. Voice no, that's actor. fair. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but 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 what does that say of of us and our expectations for Kelly Clarkson versus Pitbull? In terms well, of the type of performer they present themselves, right? Well, like Kelly Clarkson did musical theater. Yeah, I guess so. But you might know. You didn't know that. I don't know Pitbull's You history. didn't know that before I told you. Yeah, but I didn't expect Kelly Clarkson to be good either. That's true, yeah. Because I had only seen her in From Justin to Kelly. Yeah, that's not... That was not a good movie, and she's terrible no in it. No good in that. Um, yeah, so, so critics panned this movie, and yeah. Zootopia won the... And so, like, here's the thing. Both of these movies have... Real like strong story mechanics yeah. in terms of like nothing comes at is Zootopia we talked about has like it's kind of structured as a three act movie but it works more like a five act movie yeah I think and it a, should probably be two movies I do not believe that it is a three act structure yeah it does that Zootopia does that thing that Marvel movies do mm-hmm. where like you do the origin story. Mm-hmm. Like, like Judy Hopps's origin. Yeah, you do the origin story. The person gets to be the hero, and then they save the world. Mm-hmm. And then instead of the movie being over, it gets more complicated. It just starts a new movie. It starts yeah. the sequel, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm done. You gave me an ending. So specifically with Zootopia, you kind of get Judy's arc of like being up against these odds of being a police officer and then she achieves it and then you know she experiences adversity on the job but she kind of more or less gets some recognition for like beginning to solve this case of like the missing predators and then it kind of switches to nick's story kind of yeah so um, a year before this, like in the last year of production, yeah. this movie, so this movie changed a lot. It like started out as a anthropomorphic James Bond movie, like an animal anthropomorphic James Bond movie with like the CIA being the main institution involved. And then it turned into a police procedural with Nick as the main character and Judy as his sidekick. And then in the last year of production, they flopped it and Judy became the protagonist. Yeah. Um, and so like when you get to that turn, that scene in the middle where she is at this police press conference saying, well, we think it's because of the predators. And then she kind of gets flustered and says, well, is there biology? And Nick has just shared with her this like sad story from his past of being harassed for being a predator. Um, and so that causes a, a split between them. And then it becomes about, you know, Nick rebuilding trust in this and so it kind of then becomes about this like white feminism like uh, tear right like I mean, you, you said like white lady tears like, like she she says that she like she goes to him and she's like I was trying to do what's right and I messed it up and I'm sorry and then she starts crying uh-huh and then he like he's like oh well we're good now uh-huh. Yeah. You 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 realized you were wrong, so everything's forgiven. Uh-huh. You, you're great. Uh-huh. But it's like she set off all, it especially in like the last couple months of mm-hmm. of um I, I would say like in the history uh white women have been very dangerous for black men. Yes. Um 
But even in the last several months, we've mm-hmm. seen all those videos mm-hmm. of white women, uh, like in calling Central Park, cops, calling yeah. the cops on a guy who was asking her to put her dog on a leash yeah. or calling the cops on like a kid selling lemonade or, yeah. or whatever. And yeah. like to see Judy Hopps, who is the stand in like white hick, right? She's like, a, mm-hmm. she's a white woman, right? She's, she's a rabbit, but she's the white woman. Right. Absolutely. And to just be like, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I meant to do good. And then, like, at the end, she still saves the day. Mm-hmm. And she makes Nick into a cop, and that's good. Yeah. Now he's I, a cop, too. I, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm struggling right now to break down why I hate this so much, mm-hmm. but I hate this so much. But even without, even without those complications of message, sure. it is two movies. Like, yeah. it is not one thorough story and one arc. And that's not to say that you can't have kind of like a dual protagonist situation, but that's not what this movie really executes. Right. So it's interesting that it gets all of these accolades and all of this respect. And even as, you know, I think probably the consensus opinion right now is that like, it's got his problems. It's not right. Like, it's. It, I think that's a pretty commonly held opinion yeah. about the movie now. But you know, why doesn't Ugly Dolls get any of the consideration even? I feel like it is in... For a lot of the reasons that you said, it's kind of shut down. It's it's rejected before it is allowed to Ooh. go through doll training because it looks and feels different. I mean, there's a reason but I haven't seen... But the story mechanics work better. Yeah. There's than, a reason I haven't seen Trolls or Angry Birds yeah. or, oh, or yeah. any of that shit, yeah. right? Because I just look at them like, oh, it's going to be trash. Yeah. Yeah. But... But maybe not. That's not necessarily my, true. My kids at school love trolls. They yeah. love all the... I, we should see those next And hey, we were, caught, we were caught by surprise on this. We were caught by surprise on uh, Care Bears in Wonderland. We've been caught I, by... This is a better movie than Care Bears in Wonderland. That was an entertaining movie. That was an entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we've been caught by surprise mm-hmm. before. I, I'm sure we will again. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it'd be great if... If more of these movies that we've just completely ignored mm-hmm. turned out to be pretty good. And that's the thing. Like, story mechanic. I mean, for me, I'm a structure person, right? If a yeah. movie doesn't have a strong structure, I'm like, I don't care about it. So story mechanics to me might be a higher priority than some critics or other viewers. Um, but I think it's, it's story mechanics is something that you cannot take for granted. And when you do, it doesn't work super well. Like, yeah. I think there's a reason that you know, within the Disney machine, right? Like every movie's going to have a certain standard of success that's like 16 times whatever an yeah. independent studio can do. But like, I think there's a reason that like Frozen kind of blew up and like Moana did, but not as much. Or like and, Frozen blew up and... And Frozen 2 Frozen didn't 2. do anything. Yeah, I think that's maybe a better example. There is, there is but. By the way, like a six-hour documentary on Frozen Two on and Disney Plus like, right now. Yeah, broken up into like it's, six, like forty-minute episodes. And it starts a year before release. Oh my gosh! We're watching this. This movie was shot. We might watch together. this tonight. But yeah, like I'm, Frozen I'm Two has it. bad story mechanics. Yeah, I don't it know. Doesn't work. I don't know what I'm rooting for to happen. Like I don't know what the goal is, and there's like three different goals, and like. I, I think for me specifically, Moana came to mind with Ugly Dolls because there's a couple yeah. scenes that kind of mimic mm-hmm. scenes that happen in Moana, even though the stories are pretty different. The first but, one that comes to mind is mm-hmm. is the 
Moana putting the heart of the heart of the ocean, or that's from Titanic, whatever it is. The, the, yeah. The heart back into uh, Tefiti. Tefiti. Or who, yeah, Taka Tefiti. Um, and then the, a similar thing happening when the trolls put the last piece of ugly the trolls. ugly dolls. God damn it. Put the last piece of the mirror back. But there's or? even, yes, that is the literal uh, cognate, but there's even, and I think we, maybe we should just move on to scene shout out because I think this yeah. is. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. We're this going, is a really long episode. We're going I think. pretty long. Yeah. Kate. But yeah. You want to get into final cuts? I do. I do. Great. Uh, final cuts is where. Scene shout out. Is where we do the basically the oh. same thing we've been doing, but we put labels on it. Yep. Kate, you want to see, <laughs> see a shout out? I do. You... I want to shout out a scene in Ugly Dolls. Uh, that, you mean trolls? Uh, no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> so um, this this gauntlet that they go through is like the kind of the, the, the main, they go through all this training and then the main test at the end is whether they can get from the top to the bottom of this like dollhouse construction without getting dirty, without getting messed up, right? If they can exit the house. And... There's all sorts of these booby traps. There's like a robot dog that tries to get them. And there's like paint spilling. And at the very end, there's this robot baby, right? And it kind of does that Toy Story thing where like babies are terrible at toys. And that's funny. These are bad at toys. Um, So it like throws around our villain a little bit. And the villain escapes and makes it through the front door. And he technically wins. But just as our protagonist Moxie is about to go through the door first, she turns around and sees that the baby, the robot baby is crying because it lost its toys. Yeah. And she goes up to it and she just like cuddles herself into the baby's arms. And you've seen this image before that like Moxie's dream is to be cuddled by a human and yeah. you see her imagine it and vision it. And so you're finally seeing it's this like ridiculous robot baby. But she wins the competition by being of value to this robot baby by like doing the thing that a toy is supposed to do yeah and it reminded me of that that heart into the lava monster moment in moana except for i know that this is a choice that moxie would make like it has been this exact image has been foreshadowed to me several times throughout the movie and if you want to call that heavy-handed i guess you can but like i have no idea why moana knows that putting this rock into a lava monster is going to turn her into Tafiti. Like, there is no Nothing. context yeah. for it. Uh, I don't, like, Moana's nice? Is that the context for yeah. it? Like, so that moment specifically is like, oh, I didn't necessarily, ex- there's no, like, uh, foreshadowing in terms of, like, oh, you might uh, want to reconsider your approach to this house because it might not be what it seems to make yeah. it out. Like, there's nothing like that, but you're like, oh, this makes sense for the character. You just see our character acting like herself. Yes. And it works out. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I, I really enjoyed that scene. It made no. me happy. Dick, what about you and Ugly Dolls? Nah, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, Ugly Dolls. Um, there's there's so much good in this movie. Um, I'm going to shout out just like the opening song. Oh. I know that's it's really easy mm-hmm. but it's a it's a well put together opening song and it's i guess that's the moment where i was like i'm interested mm-hmm. and that's surprising it reminded me of um the lego movie mm-hmm. where i'm like i don't mm-hmm. know about this and then opening song and i'm like yeah okay i'm interested because yeah. it's it like 
even before the opening song, there's some really beautiful orchestration. Mm-hmm. And in that orchestration is the hook from the opening song. Yeah. And like I paused and rewound. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a really nice little, nice little hook in this you orchestration. Did. And then the opening song hits and it's that same hook. And that's hook. the main hook. Yeah. And it's just, it's just really, I was like, oh, I'm in good hands here. Mm. This is a good song. The, the yeah. vocals are mixed well. I can understand the words. You know, uh, I've got a character who has like a point of view. Like, I'm in good hands. I'm mm-hmm. safe here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that. Yeah. 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 Zootopia scene shout outs. I actually, I think this this is a movie that lends itself well to scene shout out. Because I think this there movie. there are some scenes. No, I think this movie has really well constructed scenes. Yeah. A series of really well constructed scenes. Yeah. Um, even though it's like at least two movies. Yeah. So I'm going to, I have two that I'm considering right now. Do you know yours? Uh, no, do, do one of yours and then I'll do the other one. Oh, I have three that I'm considering. Uh, we've talked about two of the scenes. Okay. Honorable mention to the Boy Scout flashback where he's muzzled because that like makes me cry every time. But we did already talk about it. We did already talk about it. And the, um... The police briefing scene where Judy is in front of the microphone and like kind of stumbles into saying it's about yeah. bi- uh, biology because it's a it's a, like a very realistically shot. It's kind of a grittier shot scene. Right. I gotta go with the sloths. Yeah, you that do. sloth DMV scene. I know it's it like mm, I know it's the most cliched and the most seen s e e n scene of this movie. Um, it's so good. It's so fun. Like on just on a lighter note to finish up here, like yeah. those sloths are. You know the scene I'm talking about, guys. Yeah. Like it's just they're comically slow, and there are some really great choices. Like for instance, when the sloth is speaking, they don't slow down their words. Yeah, they just take long pauses. Yeah between their words and it just amplifies that idea like I, I identify with some features of Judy Hopps and like the impatient like no I just came here to get a job help me do this job I just came here to do this I just came here to this no oh you gotta be kidding me and it just heightens that frustration and the tension and then when he makes that face to laugh at the joke and then goes to tell his co-worker the joke oh it's really well done comedic scene Nice. None. Now, uh, okay. Um, if I'm going to do a scene shout out from Zootopia, um, I like. No, nah, I hate how that scene turns out. <laughs> you can use one of the ones I shouted out. That's no, why I asked you to go no, first. No, I want to. I want to think of something. Okay. There's a scene where they are. So this is when Judy and Doctor Fox are friends. What's his name? Nick. Nick. This is when Judy and Nick are friends and they are like investigating to figure out where this otter who Yeah. His name's Emmett Otterton. That's yeah, a nice shout out to to like one of the top four or five Muppet Christmas specials. <laughs> uh, or Jim Henson Christmas specials. Um so they like go into this polar area, they realize he's like like inside this limo, Nick um, like starts looking through it and realizes whose limo it is, and he is very scared. And we don't know what it is, and 
and he doesn't explicitly say what it is, but um, I think it. I think that scene plays really well. Mm. I think his 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 fear uh, and kind of Judy's like insistence, like no, we're mm-hmm. still going. I, I think they play off each other really well on that scene. I also like that scene because when you see when they point out the scratch marks in the back of the limo, yeah. it's your first like real danger. Like, oh, I don't know where this movie is going. Yeah. Which is really interesting to me. Yeah, this movie has a great. When when scenes are dangerous, they feel dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does a really good job with that. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Dick, if you were to name an MVP mm. of of these two movies, yeah, who Robert what, Rodriguez? Which, okay. Um, I I don't know. The extent of his involvement. I was gonna say, can you specifically say what he did on Ugly uh, Dolls? But he's got he's got a story by credit, and it sounds like he got the ball rolling on directing it. I love Robert Rodriguez. Uh, I think he's pretty amazing at uh, making films. Uh, you may know him from El Mariachi, uh, Desperado. Um, Once upon a time in Mexico is his, right? Yep, uh, Dusk Till Dawn. Um, Sharp Boy and Lava Girl in 3D. <laughs> you know, all the all the greats. Right, he does Spy Kids, yeah. Yeah, Spy yeah. Kids. Yeah, he's he's just a, a really interesting director. Uh, seems like a pretty good dude. I don't know. So Robert Rodriguez. All right. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, valid. That, that, good, good on Kelly Clarkson. Surprisingly good. Yeah, I'm just so proud of her. Like, I found that first season of American Idol, like, by accident like Mm -hmm. on vacation because it was a summer show that that first season i just found it by accident and so i feel like i mean this is the whole thing with american idol right like you feel like you're part of their origin story so i'm like just really proud of kelly clarkson every time she does a cool thing which is like her whole career yeah she's really come a long way and she's kind of in one of those positions now where she's just a stable kind of like she's not beyonce right? right but like she's just a stable name and a stable entity in the entertainment industry that like she's not going away she like kelly clarkson's yeah. good for the rest of her life she's like in the, super talented also. she's like in the disney camp now right like she she does the <gasps> like because she sang at the last christmas special didn't she or is it the, the mickey mouse christmas birthday special, special? yeah she, she does things like that recently. Yeah, yeah so she's like kind of in that stable of in like this is a pretty big artist that is but she's like, very safe for Disney. Yeah, I was going to say, very non-offensive. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's going to be fine. She's mm-hmm. not going to, like, get arrested. She's not going to say anything crazy. She's just Kelly Clarkson. But she's done, and I didn't research this before this episode, but she um, then wrote a picture book based on Ugly Dolls. Really? Um, so, yeah, she's, like, writing picture books, uh, making songs for this movie. Seems like she's pretty dedicated to the Ugly Dolls franchise. Great voice actor, too. Yeah. So, good job, Kelly. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, crossover. Mm-hmm. If you're going to cross over yeah. uh, character, creator, uh-huh. whatever, uh-huh. from these two movies, what do you do? Um, I want uh, Oliver Pink Bunny from the Ugly Dolls movie. He's uh, the ugly doll who says, please, I uh, want some more. Oh. Uh, but he's really cute. He reminds yeah. me of like Bean Bunny. Yeah. Um, uh, he's going to join the Hops family on the farm. Okay. That's the first thing I thought of. That's it. Okay. That's cute. That's cute. Um, I want the the fat receptionist cat cop mm-hmm. to be an ugly dolls. 
Okay, the one who I thought was Josh Gad, but is not Josh Gad. And who I think should be Dom DeLuise, but is not Dom DeLuise. He's de- he is designed like a cat that Dom DeLuise yeah, would play. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, he's great. Yeah. And I want to rescue him from Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> Zootopia is the third pipe. <laughs> you gotta... Yeah. Perfectville, Uglyville, Zootopia. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dick. Moment of truth. All right. Uh, let's start with Ugly Dolls. Because I think it's less dolls. complicated for me. This is the final. Final? Cut. Cut. Do you, with final. Ugly Dolls, oh. re-release it into theaters? Hmm. Put out a special edition? Or uh, send it down a tunnel into the vault? A special edition. Okay. Um, I would... And, and it's like... It's minor. Because I think the story's... Like, could it use some tweaks? Sure. Are there, like, some some issues? Sure. The only thing that stopped me from enjoying this movie more is the um, music production. Um, the music is produced like pop music. Yeah. Where it's not bad most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy listening to it. It's fine. Until we get to a duet between yeah. Kelly Clarkson and Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. whose voices are in a similar range and produced similarly. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, very, very produced so that I have a hard time telling the difference between them. Um, and that's not totally a problem when you can see the characters singing individually. Mm-hmm. But when they go into their, their, their singing at the same time, they go into harmonies, I can't tell who's doing the high harmonies and who's doing the low. Mm-hmm. And that is something that tells me something about a character. If you're the to character, be fair, I don't think that they are intending to tell you anything about the character with those I, harmonies. I don't necessarily. I think that is the weakest song in the movie. I think it is the weakest song too. But I, I think if I could tell who was singing what, it I would, absolutely it would make a difference for me. Yeah. Even if like, cause if I listen to that song now, mm-hmm. if I don't have it on the screen, I can't tell you who's singing what because their voices are right so similar and so like aimed at a mm-hmm. like radio release rather than like at a musical theater mm-hmm. release so that's that is the change i would make yeah what about you i i think i mostly want to re-release it and like yeah. just kind of tell people like this is better than you think it is just give it like a different name yeah maybe or don't tell people it's ugly dolls or like give it some money and dress up the sets and you know like make it more visually uh, I don't even want to say appealing because I think this movie is visually appealing, but make it more visually um, on par with other animated features that are out there um, to get people to take it more seriously. Make it look a little bit more like a perfect doll so Ooh. that uh, they won't uh, feel like scribbling on it with permanent marker as much. Wow, that's mm. deep. So, Kate, let's uh, let's. What do you want to do with, Zoot- with Zootopia? Oh boy, do you, what don't I do want to do with Zootopia? Do you re-release it? Do you do a special edition to somehow improve this otherwise perfect movie, uh, or do you throw it into the vault? I think it. I think. I think it's a re. Not a re-release. I think it's a special edition. Uh-huh. I don't think I'd vault it because I think there are some important threads. Um, I've mentioned some quick fixes uh, earlier. Um, yeah, I think Predator Prey being a myth is probably the strongest. Like, mm. it's not as easy as like showing a rabbit go savage with night howlers um i also think that that's a different story that's more about media coverage at that point then right versus yeah um versus the fact that like oh race is a myth 
that's maybe the more important story to tell and closer right. to the story that they're trying to tell. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you do it about that. I think you, um, make Judy a little bit more accountable, even though she kind of grows up in this like bubble and not really knowing, I think, I think you can give her a little bit more accountability. Like, well, okay, but now your friend is telling you that it like is giving you this information. So now you have to do better and you can't just cry about it and say, I didn't know, like there maybe need to be some consequences or some like, well, that's fine. You're crying. Now prove it to me that you understand this. Yeah. Like fix and fix all of the damage that you've mm-hmm, done. Like mm-hmm. that should be a demand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, twenty twenty five it is maybe what right. <laughs> what all this comes down to. But yeah. yeah. What do you do, Dick? If I were to do a special edition of this, what I would do is I would make it into like a mini series mm-hmm. uh, instead of like two movies mashed into one movie and maybe take a little more time with each character. Maybe do a Judy episode and then a Nick episode. I think mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the wire mm. I haven't seen, but like, you know, maybe show some, show everyone's perspective, show how the, how things are problematic and yada, mm-hmm. da, da, da. But as it stands, I couldn't care to make that much effort. I don't know if I've ever done this before. Oh, this is going in the vault. Oh, I'm done with Zootopia forever. Wow. Done. All right. I would like to not watch it again if I can. Yeah. I get so angry at a movie that you kept wanting to put off watching this movie and talking about this movie. It has it it has cute elements like Nick and Nick on his little like con with with that baby fox baby fox. Yeah. So, oh my God, so fun. Mm-hmm. And Nick, uh, Jason Bateman, really fun character. Yep. Um, and and good voice acting in this too, yeah. by the way. Like yeah. Jennifer Goodwin and uh, Jenny Slate. Yeah, uh, who also in the news recently just mm-hmm. quit Big Mouth mm-hmm. because she was playing a black character, mm-hmm. and she's like, that should be played by a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably from the start. Probably, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Get better. I mean, than not. probably from the start. Better but like, than that. Also, I really loved Allison Brie and Bojack Horseman, and she should uh, not have been playing she should that not have been character. Playing enemy's character, no. Um, which they came out and they're like, "Yeah, that was a that was, we shouldn't have done that." Sorry, um, but yeah. So 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 uh, yeah. Just just dump it. I'm, I'm All right. good. Hey. Um, you're, you're Z- allowed. I don't need a I've Zootopia. I've done several movies in the vault. This yeah. is fine. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks, Stick. Uh, oh, thanks, our, Kate. Our black and blues are gone, and yeah. it seems like we've solved uh, racism in animation. So I think we did. I think we can move on to rainbows and unicorns I next think, episode. <laughs> I think as two white creators Ooh. of this podcast, we were able to solve racism. Good job, us. Um, um, we are going to be posting... Uh, various articles we mentioned, but in general, I th- um, I I haven't cleared this with you, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. Cool. Um, I want to shout out more um, like black animation artists and just in general people who are doing cool things who are not uh, white people because yeah. animation has long been this uh, very highly gate kept <laughs> yeah uh, industry and yeah it's exciting when it's not so. yeah so. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, mm-hmm. probably, if the world still yeah. is a thing. 
day by day. Uh, and we'll we'll try and do something where I don't have to. We don't have to yell about systemic racism and police violence. And I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't. I, I don't I, think there are situations where we don't have to say I things cha- like that. I challenge us to find movies where where we don't have to get mad. <laughs> <sighs> Um, as we said in the beginning of the episode, if you have, um, you know, if you'd like to be part of this conversation, uh, or if you have a single movie or a pairing of movies you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, you can reach us at Cellmates Podcast. We are on Twitter and Facebook by that name. Yep. Cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And again, cellmatespodcast.com just for one way information. Yeah. Um, but thank you for listening and thank you for, uh, keeping us, uh, part in the conversation and keeping us learning and yeah. um, so thanks yeah for uh, some it's podcast i'm dick ward i'm kate phillips see you later zootopia's racist <laughs>